gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Hey, welcome to Dog Talk Live here on Facebook. We are also doing this as a podcast for the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, which is on a number of platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, soon to be Amazon, soon to be hopefully Pandora, and about 10 others that I honestly cannot remember. So I do apologize for that, but the podcast is really taking hold. We're getting a lot of dedicated visitors and listeners from all over the world, and it's It's just a fun thing because I love doing content, and I love doing content that doesn't cost me anything. So I hope you guys have checked it out, the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. And on the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, please check out our Facebook page where we do our Facebook Live events here, which is a Q&A. Facebook Live, uh, we basically are hoping to uh, end up with questions. So as you have questions, please let us know what they are. Uh, we do 15 to 30 minutes, and we do these uh, a couple of times a week, hopefully. And today, we are here to talk about dogs as I have dogs playing. All right, so let's see a toy from Scarlet. This is actually a cool toy. It's a Kong toy, and all these toys now are dealing with where they have uh, water bottles in them so you can make the crunchy noise. And this one is neat because you can actually open it up and put a different water bottle in when they puncture it. So I'll give that back to her because she is not going to tolerate uh, me having it. Uh, she is definitely wants to play with it herself. But again, please let us know where you are checking in from, where you're from. Let us know what questions you have and put them up as a comment. Um, more than happy to have you send us a question also to email sportingdogtv at gmail.com or put one up on this after it is no longer live and I will come back and check. We got Jason asking, I'm getting a pup around Christmas. What is the best way to train in the winter? Uh, Jason, your first four months of your training, if you're getting a puppy at seven or eight weeks old, is going to be just letting the puppy be a puppy and learn boundaries. I would put a collar on the dog. I would walk the dog on a leash. You had to work, worry about your potty training. And the all important number one word for a puppy that you need to teach that young one is no. Use that no command. You don't want the dog chewing on yourself, on your woodwork, on your shoes, etc. So Really start to set up structure, but also realize it's a puppy. You're not going to 
uh, do a bunch of uh, hunting training. I don't even shoot around dogs until they're six months old. I don't do any force fetch. I don't do any collar training until they're six months old. That's kind of magic age for me when I look at a dog and say, all right, they're old enough now to be able to take pressure and they're old enough where they're going to understand pressure and it's not going to harm them in their future as they, uh, as they attain different goals and, and move further in their training. So as you can hear, my dogs in the background, they are wrestling around and growling at each other. They are peas in a pod. Memphis just got in from having her litter. Scarlet is just beside herself when Memphis is not here. And then when they come back, they basically wrestle and bite each other eh, most of the day and go out and play in the yard. And it's always whoever can get to the bumper first, you are the winner. So... Mr. Elon, checking in from Oregon. Good to see you. Jason is in Idaho. All right. Mr. Rush from Jackson, Wisconsin. You're getting your puppy soon. Hamburg, Iowa. What do we need to be concerned for with our dogs in marsh water? Anything that we should get shots for? Uh, Bud, there is not anything that you're going to worry about getting shots for. Uh, actually, I strike that. You, you might want to get your dog vaccinated for Lyme's disease. Um, as far as stuffed dogs would pick up. Have clean water along for the dog so the dog is not drinking the swamp water if possible. Very hard to get them to not do. Uh, if they do drink that water, you need to have yourself basically be in the position to watch so that you see if the dog has picked up parasites. The reasons that we do not drink out of puddles or out of swamps as people is because we would get Giardia or other intestinal parasites. Uh, it's a protozoan. It lives in stagnant water, which is pretty much any swamp or marsh. Um, there's a certain temperature, I'm sure, where it's no longer viable, where it would die. I do not know what that is. Uh, again, it's Giardia, so you could look that up. Uh, what I have in my uh, my bag and I take to my camp at my hunting camp is I have Panicure. I have Panazerol, which is for coccidiosis, and I have uh, Metronidazole. Those three pretty much would be used to kill all of your intestinal parasites. I don't believe you can get Panazerol over the counter. You can get uh, your, your uh, Panicure. And I don't know if you can get Metronidazole, but that would be stuff to discuss with your vet. Tell them that you hunt a lot. Tell them that you're going to be out. Maybe you're going on a trip and that you want to have preventative medicine along. That would be a great thing to have. Again, that's what I carry. Uh, and then it's just monitoring your dog. Bring along clean water for them again so that they have that ability to drink some clean water during the hunt. Uh, give them a break. Have a bowl. Uh, they've got really nice collapsible bowls. Or if you've got a big enough blind bag or a big enough uh, uh, bird, bird pouch if you're upland hunting, uh, you can put a, uh, a metal bowl in into your bag as well. So that would be what I would have. So let's go into our questions here. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Let's see. Jeff, would you rather fight 10 duck-sized labs or one lab-sized duck? <coughs> oh, man. You know, Jeff, I would rather fight one lab-sized duck because I think that if I won that fight, it would be some phenomenal pictures. And it would be something that could get me great fame. And I think that if I lost the fight, there would be no shame. And you'd also be famous no matter what because you had a giant duck kill you. Hope that hope that helps. Good question. That's a, that's a new one. Memphis is here. She wants to say hi. So we got to let her up. Come on up. She is 
rubbing around here trying to get herself some attention. Come on. Come on. No, come up here. Come on. Come on. Come here. Ah. Ready to get her up here. Ah. 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 Memphis is happy to see everyone. Actually, she always keeps her back to everybody. Scarlet's biting me at the same time. They are, again, like peas in a pod here in the house. And I don't know what it is, whether it's dogs or kids, whenever you're on the phone or talking to someone, which would be what you're doing on a Facebook Live, it's like a phone call, it seems like that's when my kids still want to talk to me, even though they're older, and the dogs want attention and wake up and are most active. I think it's just uh, God's way of telling you that you need to spend more time with them, but that is pretty much how they are. All right. So anyway, Memphis, we're going to get... <laughs> oh, got to put you down. Come here. There you go. All right, Lisa, doing good stuff, doing good still training, teach force fetch and struggling with it. Lisa, force fetch is just a, it's a six-week process. Uh, you have to give enough of a negative uh, discomfort in their ear on an ear pinch or with a collar, and you need to just stick with it. Uh, it is something that also one day the dog will just give up because it's a battle of wills and the dog will just give in and do what you want. And then after that is when you can start working on your stuff in the field. I don't do field work before my force fetch or trained retrieve is done. Um, I have found in my training that it sets me back because you are basically allowing them to get away with stuff in the field uh, that you're then trying to correct later. Scarlet is biting me. Scarlet, do you want to come up and say hi? Come on. Come on. All right. Scarlet wanted to say hi. She wants to see everyone. She will not sit on my lap like Memphis, but she uh, has to be part of the uh, conversation. So that's the two dogs. That gets it through. Now I'm going to go back. Let's see. Whenever you guys see me looking, I'm trying to read comments. So let's see. Thanks. We'll do. I'll ask him for those meds. Let's see. At what age do I start collar conditioning? Jay wants to know. Uh, Jay, when I start training dogs... Six months is when I start uh, doing my training, and what I do with my training is we start doing force fetch and our obedience with a pinch collar as well as with an e-collar on, but not uh, used. After one week of pinch collar training, also you're still doing force fetch training, I then have the dog where they've had the e-collar the e on for a week as a dummy collar, and I have them under control for their obedience, and I su start substituting the uh, pinch collar correction with an e-collar correction. With conditioning, you do want to find out what level you're at, which when you put the, the collar on the dog and you deploy the collar, you will see the dog, they'll look a little concerned. They might blink, they might jump. But when you hit that, that's about the range that you start with, and then you might have to adjust it up a spot or two from there. Uh, it is, collar conditioning takes somewhere in the neighborhood of about two weeks. So just take your, take your time doing it. And then again, always watch your dog when you're working on pressure uh, related type of training so that you know if the dog is being despondent and not listening or just confused. There's a big difference between the two. You never want to use an e-collar when a dog is confused on a command. E-collars are for training, not for punishment. So keep that in mind when you're using it. All right, Andy, do you recommend limiting physical activity for pups till a certain age? Andy, I would let them run around until they're tired. It's not going to hurt them. They will let you know when they are done because they will just collapse and go to sleep. Uh, I, I remember my first dog, 
my first dog, Lab, uh, I thought, boy, we're going to go for a walk. And we walked about, I was about a quarter mile, half mile. And then she laid down and she decided she was going to sleep on the road. So I got to carry her back. Luckily, Lily was her name. Lily wasn't that big at that time. But I learned a lesson of they are babies. Yeah, you can let them have exercise, but they will tell you when they're done. Big thing there is just making sure that when they do uh, have downtime or want to sleep, that they are in an area that is safe for them, that is away from people, so that they are not bothered. If you have little kids, don't let them bother the dog. Let the dog have a crate. Tell the kids, leave the dog alone when the dog's in the crate, and make sure they get lots of water, and uh, just, just monitor the dog. All right, keep asking the questions. We got some great ones. Uh, we, uh, we've got, let's see, I've got some room in a black litter for uh, females, uh, female picks. Uh, that is just bred. Uh, the litter will be ready in January, probably mid to late January for homes. So we do have room in litters. Uh, I've got another litter that will be bred. I haven't figured out what color pups we're going to do at this point, but I will figure that out here in the near future. Um, as far as 2021, I looked, we are going to do probably around 12 litters. I would say as of right now, we only have about two that are full, so we have plenty of room. So feel free to contact us at Soggy Acres Retrievers if you have any questions about our pups. Lisa, if I do the ear pinch, she will shut down completely. Only when she's, let's see, only when she's tied, she won't pick up if you drop it. Lisa, if you are doing the ear pinch, uh, it's... My experience is, yes, they will shut down. They will try to quit. Their job is to avoid pressure, whether that is uh, crying and whining, biting, uh, not opening their mouth, standing uh, completely still and stoic and not moving. You just need to work your way through it. It is tough when you are working on stuff so that when you don't have a lot of experience on it, that is uh, something I, I still learn stuff every day. But I would just go back to step one, and you need to get the dog to open her mouth. If you're doing your ear pinch and the dog's not opening your mouth, you really need to do the ear pinch harder. And you're going to use your nail uh, against the dog's uh, skin inside, which I know sounds terrible. But if you saw it work with dogs, you would understand. I personally only do ear pinch for one week, and then I transition to a collar. Uh, I really like collar uh, collar fetch for force fetch just because for clients it works so much better where they can just touch the button and tell the dog to fetch. All right, Dan Scott, my dog takes directional hand signals on land well, but it breaks down once in water in the equation. Any suggestions on how to train for this? Uh, Dan, find you, you need to have yourself where you're running through something called the T-drill. Um, the T-drill is where first you're going to start with three-handed casting, which is like called baseball. Dog's at the pitcher's mound. You're at home plate. You're giving the commands over or back. Then you're going to start running your dog from your side. So the dog's going to run all the way through to second base. You're going to stop them sometimes on the way back, like every third time. Eventually, you're going to stop the dog out when they're going out and then give directional casting. Once you get that set on land, your T-drill on land, you're going to find a piece of water where you can do that. Uh, if you have training grounds by you that are public, there will likely be a swim-by pond. Or if you could find a pond that is shaped something like this, you can always do your backs there and your overs. Um, I use the end of one of my ponds. So I have set up like that. I've got my drive across the pond to second base. I can stop them in the middle. I can send them to second base. I can stop them in the middle. I can give them overs both ways. You're going to throw the bumpers out there. 
but that is basically what you're going to do. And then at a point you're going to do swim by. I can't explain all this stuff uh, by dog talk live, but those gives you get, that will give you what you need to look up. All right. She won't pick it up if you drop it, if that makes sense. Let's see. Debbie, Debbie, we're in Cali. I love all your advice. Always have. Debbie, thank you so much for watching us. Uh, Char, do you find Chesapeake's are a little more work? I had a golden lab and found my Chessie was a little bit more challenging. Um, Char, I haven't worked with a lot of Chessies, but I've worked with a lot of labs. They're all different. That's the hard part when you are working with training when you have a book or a DVD series or you're following something that is like an online type of a training program is that all dogs are different. They all break down and struggle in different spots. And it's just having the confidence to trust the training method to push them through stuff, but also understanding if they don't understand it, taking a step back to work. Uh, I've worked with some Goldens that were very hard-headed, and uh, the couple of Chessies I had were kind of honestly about like labs. But I think a lot of what you're going to run into is that these dogs are their own dog. They're all different, and it's just it's 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 such a struggle at times. And you're from British Columbia. Welcome. Yeah, at least I hope that helps. I know it's not giving you the answer you need, but uh, it it definitely when you are working on your training. You always need to get through a step so you're basically proofed and then go to the next step. So if you're struggling getting a dog to open their mouth, don't go to step three. You need to work on getting the dog to open their mouth. Uh, when you are struggling with a dog that is uh, doing a retrieve in the water, if the dog is struggling, doesn't want to go get the bird or the bumper, spits it at the shore, how you're going to fix that is not go in the water. You're going to fix that on land. Always fix everything on land, whether it's your handling, your retrieving, whatever you're working on, so that you can transition that to then working in the water. All right. So we're going to give last call for questions. You guys have done awesome today. I haven't had to sit here and stammer too much. And uh, hopefully we uh, will be back. I'm hoping to get back with you guys Thursday. Uh, it is our opener for duck season here in Wisconsin, so I am very excited. We're supposed to have a cold snap. They're talking 48 for a high, uh, close to freezing uh, that morning for uh, or in the morning on Friday. So I'm probably going to find myself a nice deer stand that I have on my property that is near one of these spots that we're going to waterfall hunt, and I will watch ducks and maybe a deer will walk by. But I cannot wait. We are so excited. We're going to hunt two days, two different properties that we own, and hopefully do uh, do real well. I will come back, and I will let you guys know how our hunts went. You guys need to send me pictures of yours. David, lab holding okay, but ignores the whistle. Any help? David, I guess it would be, what are they ignoring on the whistle? Are you doing a recall? Are you doing a sit whistle? And are you reinforcing with an e-collar? Uh, if you are ignoring obedience... And you are, the dog is uh, ignoring obedience and commands. You need to re reinforce that with an e-collar. You're going to do e-collar conditioning. You're going to work the dog through its simple obedience, reinforcing with e-collar, and then transition up to when you are in the field. No problem. I have no problem talking to you guys. I love getting more people involved in the sport that I love, which is hunting and hunting with dogs or just running dogs and having fun. So I hope that uh, the little bit of time I take gives back to the community and uh, helps out. Again, if you guys want to do something cool, I will put our link up here. We are on, let's see, 
the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. Here is the link to the uh, area. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's see. All right. Sporting Dog Adventures podcast on Anchor. So I'm just going to write it in. Anchor. We're on Spotify and iTunes. We should be on some more platforms soon. And uh, we've had some really good feedback on that. It's a fun project. I don't have any sponsors. The sponsors that I do talk about on that, uh, Boucher Automotive and Mech uh, Shooting Sports, have been with us a long time. So that they uh, they kind of got an add-on with that. They never paid to be on the the, the the podcast because honestly, we're not we're not opt we're not going to. Uh, uh, monetize it. We're just going to do it for fun. So if you guys have ideas that you want to hear about on the podcast, let us know as well. What's a good e-collar to use? I'm assuming that's what you mean, Ryan. Ryan, I have a Dogtra and a Garmin that I really like. Those are my favorites and they work really well. What's the average years on an e-collar battery, David? Uh, David, I have thinking... You know, I'm thinking I probably get somewhere in the neighborhood of five years at least out of my e-collars before they completely blow up. At that point, I could get them fixed. And the problem that I will look at is I can buy new technology that's got so many, uh, many more better options. So it's easier for me just to uh, buy a new one. Dave, Zeke is doing great. Force fetch e-collar condition. He's just, let's see, but one to two, he just won't retrieve for a day, Sony hints, thanks. Uh, Dave, send me a little bit longer email to my email address and I will try to help you out with that so that I can get you going. Uh, let's see. I'm assuming you're talking about doubles, but yeah, go ahead and send me an email to sportingdogtv at gmail.com and I will try to help you out with that. Um, at that, we're going to call today. I got to go pick up my son Callahan and I got about uh, 60 bags of dog food to go put away. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for stopping in to listen to us. Um, I'm going to try to do this at least twice a week. You guys take care. Come up with your questions. Listen to the podcast. God bless. Have a great day. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun Everything you need is here